What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and this is the WWE Roadblock End of the Line post-show, where I'm going to be recapping my thoughts on what just transpired on the event, everything that happened, I'm going to run that all down, talk about my predictions about what's going to be following this, and anything else that I have on my mind. But before we get into some more of the specific kind of things, I want to throw out one word that I feel summarizes my overall perspective of this event. Bland. I've used the phrase before that sometimes these pay-per-views after this brand split, or even before it to a certain extent, feel like a glorified episode of Monday Night Raw or a glorified episode of SmackDown, and this one was definitely categorized in that way for me. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not to say that this had the worst matches of the year or this is overall a constant dumpster fire or anything like that. It's not the case, but really, this was as lackluster as you could have possibly been for what's the final event of the year. We don't even have the Slammy Awards this time to be something that like we can look forward to. This was the final show, 2016, and it's not going out with a bang. It's going out with a whimper. It's really a shame. For instance, the pre-show is usually pretty boring for most of the hour. I mean, we are used to this by now. We have a panel that talks about the matches that we've already seen all the promos for. Then they rerun the promos. They talk about how, oh, you know, Randy Orton could really win this match, but Callisto, you can't count him out, and like that kind of crap. So that stuff eats up the majority of the time, and it's pretty pointless. You don't have to watch it. But usually there's at least maybe some fun backstage promos or a decent match on the card, something like that. We had Sami Zayn on the social media lounge, and the Chris Jericho-Kevin Owens one was fantastic that they did at, uh, must have been, God, what was it? Was it Survivor Series? I guess so. That was amazing. It was entertaining, funny, lasted a long time, and nobody cared. This was boring as all hell. It was three questions, if I remember correctly, and they basically just said, hey, Sammy, how are you going to, you know, withstand Braun Strowman? And he's like, well, I got a lot of heart, and I'm not going to back down. Okay, let's go to our next question. How are you going to be able to compete with somebody like Braun Strowman? Well, you know, that's a a good question. I've got a lot of heart, and I'm not going to back down. Uh, And finally, our third and final question here, What separates you from the people that have fought Braun Strowman before, and how will you conquer them? Well, I I think the the main way that I can get around that is by saying that I got a lot of heart, and that I'm not going to back down. Thanks, Sammy. Real fucking boring. Then we have our match, which I've not been a big fan of this Rusev and Enzo feud. And when your big, like, change for the feud is to just go, hey, he beat the shit out of Enzo, why don't we have him fight Cass? Cass is the big guy, the two big guys can fight. That's not that entertaining to me. And the match itself was stupid. First off, it was a boring promo that was just not funny ahead of time with Enzo, which usually he's pretty good with this stuff. But that just wasn't cutting it. Then we had a match that felt like it was a Monday Night Raw match, and it ends in a countout. How pointless was this pre-show? Everything could have been skipped. And I look back and I go, you know what? It would have been a better use of my time to sit and twiddle my thumbs. 
I really hated this whole kickoff. I thought that it was a pointless thing for me to waste my time on. Nothing that was justified in me spending an hour watching my screen. I've got TV shows I could have caught up on. I've got other work I could have been doing. I've got sleep that I damn sure should have been catching up on because I get totally unhealthy amounts of sleep. So I would have rather slept for 45 minutes out of that hour. But no, I try to watch all the WWE stuff I can. And that's a shame because then I watch stupid crap like this. So now we're going to get this feud continuing. Enzo's already fought Rusev. Rusev's already fought Cass. I just, I, I don't see the point in really following it all that much anymore. I don't think that there's real intrigue to this story. Maybe you disagree with me, and if you do, be sure to leave your comment below. If you agree with me, leave your comments below. Do that with all these matches that I'm going to be talking about here. I want to hear what your opinions are, so make sure that you uh, drop those thoughts where you can drop them. Our first match of the night for the real show itself was the Tag Team Championship where the New Day was going to be defending against Cesaro and Sheamus, and pretty much everybody across the board had the same opinion that I had, which was, at least from what I've been checking on different websites and stuff, which was, well, I guess they're going to lose the titles now, but it wouldn't be interesting if they didn't, because we all think that they're going to, and they did. <laughs> we have new champions. Uh, I liked the match. I thought it was pretty interesting. It wasn't great. It was good as far as this event goes so that's i don't know how much you want to really put a lot of stock into that but i did enjoy how they teased a possible heel turn for the new day a little bit i did enjoy that they switched it up with the way that they ended the match because i didn't think that that was actually going to be the end of the match so that was kind of interesting and i liked at the end that they handed them the belts but sheamus is still kind of a heel so he cared more about just grabbing those titles and celebrating. So that was kind of an interesting part. That was probably the most interesting aspect of this whole thing. You know how I feel about the New Day. You know that I'm a big, big fan of them. So I dislike the idea that they lost the belts. But at the same time, I'm excited for something new and different. And they already surpassed the records. So it's not like there's really any other hurdles for them to to go past. So... I'm okay with it overall. I don't think that that's a bad decision. Now, I don't know if that's going to pan out to be a bad decision in the long run as far as giving the titles to a new team and them not being as entertaining. That might be the case. But that's the pessimistic way to look at it. The optimistic way to put at it is we're getting something different, or at least different from the past over year that we've had the New Day as champions. So, you know what? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, even though that it's Sheamus. And I'll say that this could end up leading to some interesting things going forward. And right now, if you're curious of who I think is going to dethrone them, Gallows and Anderson, 100%. Bet your entire house and all your life savings on it. That's who I'm going to go with. So then we had another match that I thought was actually pretty interesting, which was the Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn match, which had that 10-minute time limit. And I think that that is the biggest factor in how this was good. If this would have been a standard match, it would have been over a long time beforehand. It would have been a squash. And even though that would have been kind of interesting to see, wouldn't be that great overall. This whole 10-minute time limit thing, though, that put a different dynamic into the mix. And that allowed them to book it differently. The end result being that Braun Strowman was not able to beat him within those 10 minutes, even though... He kind of could have because he went for a couple pinfalls and then he brought him up like, no, I'm not going to make it that easy for him, that kind of a thing. 
So that means Strowman still looks strong, but Sami Zayn was able to technically outlast the 10 minutes. So he looks pretty strong. He already did that whole thing where Mick Foley wanted to throw in the towel and he told him, no, not like this and all that. So that shows bravery. That's got that courage angle for it. I mean, I guess you could say that he has a lot of heart and that he wasn't going to back down and just give up, right? Yeah, it's almost like he said that earlier in the night a hundred times. <laughs> so was it weird for anybody else to see Mick Foley wearing a leather coat? That really threw me off for a good like 10, 15 seconds. I was sitting there going, wait a minute, is that Mick Foley? That can't be Mick Foley. He's not wearing flannel. So that was really strange to me. I had to recalibrate my brain and everything. Threw me real off. Uh, also, around that same time period, how do you have a timer on screen counting 30 seconds before you start a 10 count? That should have been a count out a long time ago. And that just goes to show you the whole like BS nature of pro wrestling and stuff. So you have to turn a blind eye to that kind of thing. But it's still kind of funny that it's like... 30 seconds goes by, and then they're like, oh, you got to be careful. He's going to get counted out. 10 seconds might go by. One. It's like, oh, my God, give me a fucking rig, you know? That took us into our Jericho Rollins match, which had nothing on the line, and it was really just basic. There's nothing much to talk about here. If you really loved this, please explain to me what you loved about it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't really enjoy all that much about it. It was just fine. And when when you're fine and you're not in a pay-per-view that's doing anything special, I've gotten to a point where I'm a little bit bored. So I really just want to see Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. And by proxy, I'm kind of past the Jericho-Rollins thing. I, I sort of don't care anymore. But it seems like they're really continuing that because our main event of the night, I'm just going to skip to that, the Universal Championship match. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are still friends again? Why tease it twice that they're going to break up and not do it? And if it's just because you want to see Rollins against Jericho again and Rowan, uh, Roman against Owens or even vice versa, Rollins gets another shot at uh, Owens or something like that, I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it anymore. I wanted something different, so I'm disappointed with that a lot. Early speculation is that it's going to be a fatal four-way, and I kind of don't want to see that either. I'm just sort of done with this by now, and I don't know. I mean, it could be worse, but shit, it could be better. And I'm really kind of disappointed with that. So I guess now what I have to hope for is that we get a fatal four-way and Triple H interferes, and then all three of the people who aren't the champion, who should be Kevin Owens, all of them are in the Royal Rumble, and none of them win. And then Jericho does turn fully on Chris, uh, on Kevin Owens, and then we get that at Fastlane or Elimination Chamber, which I still think they're lying about the Raw and SmackDown designations. I still think that John Cena is winning that Royal Rumble, and if he wins the Royal Rumble, then SmackDown shouldn't have the Elimination Chamber because that should be the determining factor of who challenges the Raw champion. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that kind of thing. Do not be shocked if they change Raw and SmackDown with Fastlane and Elimination Chamber. So anyway, let's backtrack a little bit here. The Cruiserweight Triple Threat match. Okay, I mean, 
uh, it's going to sound like I really hated this, guys, and it's just, I, I have no energy for this. This was not a an entertaining pay-per-view to me overall. I'm tired. It didn't do anything to get me out of that funk. I feel like I watched an episode of Raw. So the Cruiserweight thing was another thing that felt like Raw because we didn't have a new champion, which I'm not too shocked about that. I would have preferred either of those two guys over Rich Swan. But then we get something that usually doesn't happen on a paper. It usually happens on Raw, which was the return of somebody who, for God knows what reason, has been gone for a while, which was Neville. He made his return after the whole injury stuff, and he popped up on the draft. They made kind of a big deal about him, and then he did really nothing. He was sort of teaming with Sami Zayn a little bit, but then he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. He had that old stupid feud with Bo Dallas for a little bit, and that was really dumb, and they just sort of stopped using him for, what, three months or so, feels like? So he comes back here and immediately just attacks Rich Swan and TJ Perkins. He turns heel. So I don't know if he can be a good heel or not, but you know what? Why not give it a shot? Him as a babyface is not going over as well as it should be. Him in the cruiserweight division might be kind of a big fish and a small pond kind of a thing. And what's the worst that can happen, right? We get a couple of decent matches out of it. I'm pretty sure that he would have good chemistry with all these guys. So you know what? That's pretty cool. I'm kind of interested in that. And that was actually one of my most favorite things of the night. So as much as the match itself wasn't all that impressive, the heel turn, totally didn't see that coming. So you get a little bit of a shock factor for me with that one. But then we have what I consider to be the worst part of the night, which was the Women's Championship 30-minute Iron Man match, which I still am kind of confused about why it's not the Iron Woman match, but whatever. The first decision in this match came with 10 minutes and 40 seconds left. How many Iron Man matches have we had that have only had a handful of pinfalls or submissions? Nearly all of them. And that's annoying because we've seen it before. It would be like if every Royal Rumble ended with the number 29 or number 30 person winning. It's boring, and I was utterly bored this entire match. I am so sick and tired of seeing these two feuding, and we've seen these two feud for so long that we've seen this match already. This was nothing special at all. Sasha Banks' nose bled. Ooh. Fucking fantastic. But you're going to hear so much bullshit about how historic this was, and how epic it was. It wasn't. They did a tie. Who gives a shit? The tie's been done before, in the very, very first Iron Man match. So they're not breaking new ground here. And it wasn't even the first women's Iron Man match. They just had a better one, between Sasha and Bailey in NXT. That was a good match. This was boring. Charlotte and Sasha are two people that work extremely well together, but have worked so many times in the past that it's no longer fun. And their feud is so boring because of their terrible promo work that I can't get invested into anything anymore. 
So I'm watching this clock go down for 30 minutes, and I'm sitting there going, it would be so much more more entertaining if they ended up having some actual pinfalls happen here. But no, they're dragging it out. Then they do a tie, and then it's the whole tiebreaker thing. And it ends with Sasha losing. Sasha Banks has won the championship from Charlotte on Raw, only to lose it to her the very next pay-per-view, Three fucking times in a row. Why is that considered a possible option for WWE? I don't understand it. And you know what? I honestly don't have the motivation and the energy to rant about it anymore. It's dumb. I hated it. I am not looking forward to hearing Charlotte bitch and moan about the same old shit for however long she has this championship because every promo she cuts is exactly the same. All hail the queen. I told you I'm the best. Tasha brings out the best in me, but I was on fucking top. Blah, 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 blah. Horrible delivery. Boring, repetitive shit that she says. Thankfully, this is supposed to be the end of the feud between the two, but we came out with the worst case scenario. Now Charlotte's the champion. I wanted Sasha to be the champion, and then for her to turn heel somewhere down the line, and then she can lose it to Bailey. Those two have had greater chemistry together, and it would be more interesting. Now we're just going to get Bailey beating Charlotte. So, what is that story? That story is Charlotte is the dominant champion as a heel who loses to a lovable babyface, which is exactly the same as what we saw against Sasha. Boring. I don't need to see it anymore. You don't need to see it anymore. I certainly don't need to hear for the next bunch of months how amazing and revolutionary it is because it isn't. They've done better shit in the past. And I'm honestly to the point now, I'm not going to be able to watch Charlotte. I have gotten so sick and tired of her. Anytime that she pops up on Raw, I'm going to have to mute it. So if you don't really hear too much about Charlotte from my perspective over the next couple of months, it's because I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Simply put. So... If I got to say a best part of the night and a worst part of the night, uh, what would that best part be? Worst part's going to be Charlotte winning the championship. Best part, I guess. Oh, man. Uh, let's go with Neville turning heel. That's got some potential in the future. It could be something different. Could be a total bust. I don't know. But at least that was something that was kind of a shock. And this whole pay-per-view, very bland. Very disappointed. Although, you know what? I'm not surprised. I was not really looking forward to this going into it. And it came out basically how I expected it to be. So as unenthusiastic as I am, I want to know what you guys have to say. Hopefully you enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I did, because I do not wish anybody to sit through it the way that I sat through it. I wish that you guys had more fun. But if you agree or you disagree or you have anything else on your mind, drop those comments below. 
Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Give us a thumbs up to like this video and give it a boost. If you're on iTunes and Stitcher, leave us a positive review. That stuff helps out quite a bit as well. Keep staying tuned to the channel and the website as well for everything else that's going to be coming your way. Next week, we have the mailbag, so make sure that you send in your questions before Tuesday because I don't know when we're going to be recording that. It might be Tuesday night. It might be Wednesday. I don't know, but the sooner you send them in, the better. That way, you can actually make sure that you get them in in time. And I still have not been able to figure out my schedule for the 2016 awards, but in some fashion, even if I have to do it all myself, I will get them up there. I don't know what everybody else's schedules are, but uh, I know we're going to do the best we can, everybody. So stay tuned for that kind of stuff as well. But that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I'm being counted out.